I believe that God has one word for us and that word will truly transform our lives, truly change our lives. How many of you um, feel like you right now, so let's, let's take an uh, uh, estimation of our feeling right now, that you have finished, you feel satisfied, you feel like you have completed things in, in life up to the point that you desire it to be. Anybody, like just one, at least one person, one person. You feel like, I have done it. Whatever that I want to do in the past 34 years of my life, that's my age. So whatever your age is, you know, that you, I have done it all. I am satisfied. I am moving in the right pace. It is absolutely perfect. Anybody? Oh, I'm so glad there's nobody here. Thank God. Because we, we just can't. We just can't. The world is filled with unfinished things, right? There are actually unfinished national monuments. Do you know that? People go around and see, um, you know, national monuments. You, there's a whole list of it. You can go home and Google it. I did not write it down. You can go home and Google it. There's a whole list of unfinished monuments in the world. There's a whole list of unfinished paintings that people are still, you know, like amazed about. There's a whole list of unfinished buildings, unfinished bridges that we are seeing every day, right? Here in, the, in our state of Tamil Nadu, India, for those who are watching us online, for the benefit of anybody and everybody, there's a lot of unfinished finished bridges when people die they still die with the feeling that i have not done it all nobody ever dies no human being ever dies with the satisfaction that ah i've done it all i'm waiting to die it's done even at that moment i wish i could have done a little bit more i wish if i could spend a little bit more time with my children or my son, my daughter, my husband, you know, with my family, there's always this desire of a little bit more that needs to be done. There's one person in the Bible that we know has finished everything in his life before he died, and that person is Jesus Christ. He is the only person who fulfilled everything the purpose that God had sent him for is the only person who said, it is finished. John 4.34, it says that Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. John 19.28-30, it says, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished and to fulfill the scripture he said i am thirsty a jar of sour wine was sitting there so they soaked a sponge in it put it on a high soap branch and held it up to his lips verse 30 it says when jesus had tasted it he said it is finished then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit when Jesus said, it is finished, he did not just whisper. You know, he was parched, he was thirsty. He's been hanging on the cross for hours. 
and he is about to say the important words that has changed everything for us and the words are it is finished so he wanted everybody to hear it and he wanted to take a drink he was thirsty he just wanted to like <clears throat> i want to clear my throat because i want the world to know that what my father sent me for i have done it all done it all the only person who can say that with confidence in his life and he has proved it and is written down in the scripture the most important words of jesus it is finished nobody understood the magnitude of those words as they stood near the cross the pilot would have thought jesus is finished my job is done i won't have any more trouble from the temple and the high priest i won't have any more trouble from the sanhedrins i won't have any more trouble from the people of jerusalem it's done the people who are standing around would have thought jesus is finished the the time of jesus is finished the disciples would have thought oh man we can't have a lot of fish anymore the miracles are over the time the good times we had with jesus is over we need to go back to our old catching fish job we need to go back to whatever we were doing it is over it is finished but we need to notice something jesus did not say i am finished he said it is finished he did not say i am done he said it is done what is that it why is that so important this morning the title of my sermon is there is not much you can do turn to the person next to you and tell them if you are trying to finish things in life yeah please talk yeah okay first okay i need to do this step by step i think in this church i have got no idea what is happening here everybody's you know armel come sit here with somebody or kenneth you can sit with someone and and ajay can join carlin or somebody right now turn to the person next to you okay great first step is done now say these words if you are trying to complete things in life too late you can't do much it is done time's up now look at them again that is scary somebody was actually that is actually scary somebody asked me pastor what should i do to go to heaven i i just for fun sake i looked at him said you're too late brother he said what i'll tell you why i said that five things 
that Jesus had finished on the cross for us. And we need to understand why he said it is finished. Number one reason that he said it is finished is because Jesus fulfilled the promise of God. If you're taking notes, if you're writing things down, you can write these down, uh, things down. You know, it'll come on the screen. Jesus fulfilled the promise of God. Luke 22 verse 44 to 47. Jesus is talking to his disciples after his resurrection. And this is what he is saying to them. He said, then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Everything must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. If you are looking for promises, if you are looking for guarantee, this Bible, this word of God has got over 7,000 promises. And if one promise that you can hold on to, and if there's one thing that you can be confident about this morning is that you can confidently look up to, uh, you know, your eyes unto the hills, look up to Jesus and say and know that my God has done it all for me. It is finished. The reason that Jesus said that he was confident that he fulfilled the promises of God. All those promises that we are now able to claim because Jesus said it is done for you. Without the cross, the promises that we read in the Old Testament, you can't claim it for yourself. Do you know that? Many people say the promises in the Old Testament, isn't that for the Israelites? Isn't that for those people? Yes, it was for those people. It was for Jeremiah. It was for the Israelites. It was for Joseph. It was for Moses. It was for all these people. It was for Abraham. Why are we claiming those promises? The reason why we are able to claim those promises is that the God of heaven and earth, He was Jesus and He was there even before the foundations of the earth, which means that He's the God of the Old Testament. He's the God of the New Testament and He's the God of you and I today. He's the God of King City Church and he fulfilled everything for you and I so that you and I can now stand up and claim every promises that is written because he fulfilled it, it all by hanging on the cross and said these words, it is finished Kenneth, it is finished Armel, it is done for you Catherine, it is done, it is done. All the promises. The second thing, the second reason why Jesus said it is finished is he fulfilled the justice of God. He fulfilled the justice of God. You know, God is a God of just. He's, he cannot go back on his word. If he speaks something, it has to be done. The problem is that, you know, we are not able to keep up with God's word. God is a God of law. God is a God of principles. He cannot go back on those principles. 
But the problem is that you and I, we are not able to keep up the law. We are not able, because of our sinful nature, we are not able to live a life that is just and pleasing to God. Whenever something unfair is done, we expect justice to be served. Don't we? Don't we? When something unfair happens to your life, I need to, I'm going to knock this person and find out why they said what they said. Hey, even when you're driving, somebody cuts you out. You want to overtake and make sure that person knows what they did. And you start speaking in tongues to them. And everybody said, including me. We all want to do this. We want justice to be served. When humanity fell, when sin came into this world, we started treating a just God in the most unfair manner. He gave us righteousness, but we returned it back with sin. He gave us love, but we returned it back with lust. He called us holy, but we went back with our sinful nature. Romans 8, 3 to 4, it says, The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weaknesses of our sinful nature. Law couldn't do it all for us. So God did what the law could not do. He sent His own Son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. In other words, God cannot die as God because He is God. God doesn't die. So he had to take a human form. You know, um, come into this mortal body, the bodies of sinners we have. And in that body, God declared an end. This is powerful. An end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Which means that if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you live under the power and the blood of Jesus, sin cannot control you. Three people are excited about this here. Anybody online, sin cannot control you. It cannot control you because Jesus declared an end to sin's control and rule over your life by giving his life for us. And verse 4, it says, he did this so that the just requirement of the law, justice was served for us, but we were not punished, Jesus was punished. We were not on the cross, Jesus took our place. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us. For every sin, a sacrifice should be given. That's the law. That's the word of God. God cannot go back on that. So in order to fulfill that law, he sent his only son to take our place. We don't any longer follow our sinful nature. We should follow the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Write this down if you're taking notes. Jesus did it for us. What God's justice required from us. Jesus did it for us. What God's justice required 
from us. In other words, He finished what we can never do for ourselves. We can never do this for ourselves. Romans 5.18 it says, Romans 5.18 it says, Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Adam failed once. Jesus hung on the cross once. And that one act of righteousness changed everything for us. The third thing, the third reason why Jesus said it is finished because he paid off your debt. He paid off your debt. The first reason was that he fulfilled the promises of God. The second was he fulfilled the justice of God for us. And the third reason is he paid off your debt. We owed God. We owed him because of our sin. There's a lot of things that was in our life that we had to owe back to God. And when Jesus died on the cross, God said, all your debts are cleared now. Everything is cleared. Hebrews 10, 18, it says, when sins have been forgiven, there's no need to offer any more sacrifice. When your sins are already forgiven by what Jesus has done on the cross, there is no need to offer any more sacrifice. This is why I call this sermon, there's not much you can do for you to be redeemed from your sins. There is not much you can do when that person asks me, what do I need to do in order to go to heaven too late? Because Jesus has already done it for you. There's nothing you can do. Jesus paid off your debt. He cleared everything. If, you, if anybody uses credit card here, you will understand this feeling. If you ever got a call from your bank, because if you got a credit card, they'll keep calling you until you keep paying them and paying them. Or, or any person that you've taken loan from, you probably be even just paying the interest and they keep calling you and calling you and calling. But imagine one day your bank, your lender called and said, hey, don't put the money in this month. You don't have to pay anymore. Your entire credit card balance, the debt is cleared. It's gone. It's wiped away. It's gone. A lot of people are like, Lord, I received this word. I knew it. I knew it. I was not planning to pay actually this month. I was wondering how I'm going to do it. Thank you, Lord, for the word. I said, for example... <laughs> But God can do that. Imagine that was all cleared off. You'll be like, really? Is this a prank call? Are you kidding me? Are you sure? Can you show me a statement of zero balance? So that I will know it is actually cleared? Many of you are sitting and here and wondering, really? My sins from my past is cleared? 
Really, my, the things that I went through and what people said to me and what I responded and all the things that was done to me, it is cleared? Like I don't have to pay for it anymore? I don't owe anybody anymore? The emotions and everything that I struggled with because of my past, you are saying it is cleared? Yes. I want a zero balance statement. I need to know that it is cleared for me. If you want to know that, have a relationship with Jesus. Just speak to Jesus. Have this new relationship with the Lord and Savior. You know, I, I know this feeling because I, I remember in the final year of my college studies, it was getting very tough. I was already on scholarship and, and it was half scholarship and I had to pay for the rest of the money and I had to pay for um, my graduation and my exam fees and I was barely able to pay for my exam and my graduation. And I remember um, the, uh, the college finance guy called me in and asked me to sit down. Hey, Sam, you know, you know next week is graduation, right? I said, yeah, I know. You know that you haven't paid the last semester fees and your exam fees and your graduation fees. I said, yeah, I know. Many of you know these kind of questions, right? Many people ask you, you know this is who you are, right, from the past? You know this is what you have done. You might be whoever you are right now, but you know, you know, you know, you know. You know. And as I was having this conversation, I, I knew in my heart that I'm not going to be allowed to be graduated. And on the other side, I was always, you know, uh, practicing faith in my life. And I said, kept telling God, I'm not going to ask my dad. I'm not going to ask any of my friends or pastors. If I could make one phone call, it would be done. But I said, I would never do any of that. Lord, you need to provide. You need to provide. You know, the funny part is, while I'm having this conversation, my family landed from India to UK for my graduation. And part of me is thinking, no graduation, and maybe I can take them on a tour around the college and the graduation ceremony we can watch from outside together as a family. And while I was having this conversation, this man said, can I also tell you something? God has heard your earnest prayers and God has made a way for you and there's somebody anonymous who doesn't want to share their name or identity has paid it all. And he gave me an envelope with the receipt that it is all cleared. So I just took that and I looked at the man and I told him, why didn't you just tell me this first? With tears in my eyes, I walked out of that room. I just went and received my family in the airport. And I kept singing that song, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. As I was preparing this sermon, I was reminded of the story of that feeling of everything being paid.
So when Jesus, when Jesus hung on the cross, when he said it is finished, it is that very same moment how this white envelope was just pushed to me saying that it's all paid. Like there's nothing, you owe nothing, it is all done. When Jesus said it is finished, he just said, there you go, just take this. This is my receipt, my life, my blood. This is this right here, the communion. It's all for you. There's not much you can do now to save yourself. There's not much you need to do now to save yourself. He has done it all. He has done it all. And the fourth reason why he said, Jesus, he said, it is finished. The fourth reason is, and this is powerful, this is powerful. He defeated the fear of death. He defeated death and he defeated the fear of death. Romans 5.17 it says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many people. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. We don't have to have fear over death anymore because our physical death on earth is an open door for us to walk into our eternal life. You and I, we will have no reason to believe in life after death without Jesus hanging on the cross, without seeing that Jesus rose back again on the third day. We will not believe in life after death if you don't believe in the risen Savior. There's no reason for us to believe it. The only reason that you and I believe in eternal life is because He showed it to us that there is life through death. He defeated the fear of death. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be fearful of your life when it ends here on earth because you're going to go into eternity. Amen. And the fifth reason is Jesus destroyed the power of Satan to control you. He destroyed the power of Satan to control you. When Jesus said it is finished, it's, he said it because Satan has no rule and authority over your life. Satan thought he finished Jesus on the cross. He thought, yeah, I killed Jesus. That's it. It is done. There is no more hope. I don't know if that's Satan's voice, but I'm trying. And, and when Jesus died on the cross, Satan thought it is finished because Jesus is gone. But Satan realized he was finished when Jesus rose back again. When he came back again, rose from the dead as a risen Savior, he lost his power and authority over your life. The devil has no power to over, over your life unless you yield it to him. If you choose fear over hope, then you give him power to control you. If you choose sin over righteousness, then you give him power to control your life. 
if you choose doubt over the promises and confidence that you can receive from God's word, then you are yielding to the power that he has over your life. The devil has no power over your life unless you give it to him. The question that we have is that there's nothing more that you can do for yourself. There's nothing required actually for you to do anything for yourself in order to live a victorious life because Jesus has already done it. The question that I have for you this morning is, can you just receive it and can you just live it? Can we just receive this word and can we just live in this word? Philippians 1.6 says, And I am certain, not doubtful, not 50-50, he says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. He who has began a good work in you will see to it that he completes it. So this morning, the news that I have for all of us is that in order for you to be redeemed, in order for you to live a victorious life, in order for your pain and your troubles to go away, you don't have to do anything. It is done. This is a big difference. You know, you follow Jesus not because you have to do a lot of things. You follow him because it is all done for you. This is the difference between religion and the relationship that you can have with Jesus. Jesus did not come to give us a list of rules that we are here to follow, but rather say, worship me because I have done it all for you. The devil kept questioning Jesus. I would give you all. I would give you everything if you bow down and worship. But when Jesus hung on the cross, when he said it is finished, he said, I have given it all for them. So when you and I, when we worship, we are not worshiping for it. We are worshiping with it. That's the difference. You're not worshiping for your blessing. You're worshiping with your blessing. You're not worshiping for healing. You're worshiping with your healing. You're not worshiping for redemption. You're worshiping through in redemption. You're not worshiping for uh, justice, for righteousness. You are worshiping in righteousness because of what Jesus has done. Isn't that a privilege?